الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من أحيا سنة من سنتي فقد أحبني ومن أحبني كان معي في الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, last week or the week before, we had discussed on an introductory level for those students who had come for the first time especially and as a revision for those who have been there for many years or some years, that what is the purpose, what is the object for us coming to an institution of deen, why do we put ourselves in such an environment, what is the purpose, what is the objective, and how do we go about acquiring the objective, which is to become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala, and to recognize Allah Ta'ala, acquire His love, In terms of acquiring the knowledge of deen, there are many adab and etiquettes which need to be fulfilled, which need to be inculcated within ourselves so that we may be able to achieve the objective for which we have come. That the primary objective is that we become good Muslims, we become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala we gain the true noor of ilm in our hearts. We become the true beacons of hidayat. We become an asset to ourselves and to others. We guide others also to the right path. And obviously we ourselves tread the right path. These are all the objectives. But to get to this, we need to fulfill the adab and the etiquettes and to the extent that these adab and etiquettes will be fulfilled to that extent the objective will be attained these adab and etiquettes are not something by the way it is not something that's an optional issue it is not left to one's discretion if you want to do it, do it, you don't want to do it nothing serious, no it is an essential thing and among the very important and basic adab and etiquettes is that one seeks this knowledge with adab and talab. Without adab and talab, one would not be able to acquire what is required. One would not be able to attain the objectives. Adab and talab. These two words should be etched, should be written, should be engraved on our hearts and minds. 
very deeply engraved. How you get some engraving done on people engrave their names on some jewelry and people engrave their names on some utensils that are very expensive or whatever the case is. You can't take that out easily. It's engraved. Try to rub it out, it won't come out. So this words, Adam and Talab, we engrave on our heart, but the word itself is not everything. We engrave the word that it reminds us to bring the reality. That Adab and Talab in everything, in terms of the knowledge of Deen, and in acquiring that knowledge of Deen, the people of Deen, the things related to our Deen, Adab, and in seeking the knowledge of Deen, the Talab. Now what is the meaning of Talab? First let us just explore this a little. It might have happened to maybe most of us at some point or the other, some time in our life, that a person really was desperately looking for something. That something might have been something we lost. Very expensive thing. Somebody lost maybe an expensive watch. Somebody could have lost some other item, their money, their whole month's earnings. Or it could have been something we desperately needed. Now we wanted our parents to give us something. There was something that our heart was now stuck onto it. It could have been whatever, some garment or some item, whatever the item might have been. Maybe while we were little children, it could have been some toy. So there was something, there was a talab for it. Now that desperation, when a person was looking for that lost item, now it's very expensive. And especially if now, if you have to if it was somebody else's thing you lost, and now they're going to take you to task, it was your mother's thing, your father's thing, and you brought it away without their permission, now it got lost, now you're looking for it, you're looking for it in desperation. Oh, that item you wanted your parents to give you, or somebody else to give you, and now you're desperate for it, I must have it. So there is a way in which a person goes about looking for that. Now, while the person is looking for that item, somebody is saying, but we're having a party here on the side, why don't you come and join us? Say, I got no time for that party now, I am looking for this item that I lost. You please come help me also. I got no time for partying now. Somebody else is saying that we're having a braai here, come and join us for this braai. I got no time for braai now, I'm looking for this item that I lost. And somebody is saying that, don't bother yourself and you're tiring yourself, just relax now, sleep now, don't worry about it. She says, no, don't worry about it, I won't get any sleep, I need to look for this. So this desperation makes a person forget everything else. Why? Because he's seeking the thing he has lost. Now that search, that is talab. Now supposing, if somebody says to the person that what you lost, you will be able to find it if you do these things I'm telling you, because I know where it is. So I know where it is kept. Number one, you will have to go to a certain place. Then because there's a lot of procedures involved there, you will have to first meet with so-and-so. 
But be very kind to the person, be very respectful because then he will be able to put a word because the person who found it is some senior person and he will ask for all the details. And if this person who you will go to meet first, if he thinks you're not serious or you're wasting your time, he'll just chase you away from this. So be very respectful to him, make him and talk to him nicely. Then you will have to probably fill in all these forms, make sure you fill it correctly and then put forward this request of yours that you want to meet with the senior because he has it in his custody. Then you will have to take some proof along and some evidence that this belongs to you. So now he's giving you the whole procedure. There's a long procedure now. You first go and find this person, find the place and then go and fill that forms and talk to that person nicely. And now A person who is desperately seeking this, what he lost, that Kruger ran, he lost, or that expensive phone, 10,000 rand worth, phone got lost. Now this person is telling you where it's kept now, who got it, in whose custody it is. We will undertake all those procedures in order to get to that destination, to get our hands on that thing we have lost. And if there's some item that our parents, we want them to give it to us, and the parent says, okay, fine, I'll give it to you, but you have to do these things first. A, B, C, D, E. Now, sometimes we don't want to do those things also. But because we want that item, we're demanding that item. And sometimes, that item is something silly. It is something really futile. But we, as a child, a little child doesn't understand sometimes what is the thing. Just one incident comes to mind, which... This demanding, there's an ibrat also in it, there's a lesson in it. We might have discussed this on some occasion previously. One person was graduating in Pakistan, he was from a very elite family. Father was a, like some big time person in the government and so on. Now the son graduated as a doctor. So the father held one big feast, one celebration. And invited now, obviously he's in that league now. He's in government circles, high rank government person. So he invited all these kind of people. So now this whole hall is full of all these people. And the father now comes, this father who is a big government person himself, minister or whatever. So now this whole feast is taking place and everybody is there, whatever. He now comes to the stage and he says that I am now going to be presenting on this very, you know, mean happy occasion and this joyous occasion, I'm going to be giving my son who is graduated as a doctor, giving him a gift. But I will now call upon him to come and receive the gift here on the stage and open it here on the stage also. So it's all gift wrapped. So the son came, now he's this newly qualified doctor and this whole function is taking place in his honor. So the father now presents him with one box, a biggish box. And it's all wrapped up nicely, very beautifully. So the father now has already said now, and I will request him to open it. Now the whole crowd, the whole, all their eyes are now wide open. What kind of gift now on this occasion, this young person has grown up and is now qualified as a doctor. And the father is a minister. So what kind of gift he'll give the son of his? So in any case, this doctor now, he starts opening this gift up, open the ribbons out, and then now, to 
tear through that gift wrap. Now you open this box. Inside this box is another box. So he opened the second box. And then there was a third box inside. Now everybody is now, this was whole becoming like a strange thing now. One box inside another box. So everybody is now just spellbound to what's going on here. And they're waiting with abated breath. They're holding their breath. Now what kind of thing will come out from this? And you can imagine everybody's minds running in which direction that something maybe some uh, priceless pearl inside here. What might be inside here? Allah knows. Eventually he opens that final wrapping and from it comes out one very old toy. Now he's holding this toy in his hand and everybody is seeing what is this came out? This is the gift. So everybody bursts out laughing. So this young boy also, he looks at it and he's looking at his father, he's looking at everybody laughing at him. He's embarrassed. But now it became like people thought it was just meant to be a joke. So they had a good laugh and then any case, whatever the proceedings were carried on. So finally he took this gift of his, this toy of his and put it back in a box and sat down. But now when the whole function was over and everybody went away, this boy came later that night to his father and he says, but what did you do? You made me the laughing stock of this whole place. All these elite people were there, big, big officials of government and whatever else and this. And I graduated as a doctor and now you're calling me on the stage and then giving me this children's toy, this old toy. You know how you embarrassed me. You made me the laughing stock. So now that he came up and he asked this question, so the father said to him that, My son, you see this toy, when you were a little child, maybe a few years old, six, five, six years old, or maybe a little bit more than that, you had insisted for this toy. At that time, we initially refused. We didn't want to give it to you. Whatever the reasons were, it was not in your best interest to have this toy. But you insisted, you cried, you made a huge fuss, you became sort of rebellious and you made a hue and cry about it. There was nothing that you would do till you get this toy. And because of your insistence upon insistence, eventually this became like your life. If you don't get this, you'll die. That became the scene. So eventually we finally bought this toy for you. So your whole life had become this toy. That is how deeply and desperately you wanted it. So after you played with it for a couple of days, weeks, then you forgot about it. It just got thrown aside. So I kept it away. And today I saved it for this day. And by giving it to you, what my lesson was to you is that look, there was a time when your heart was attached to this in such a way that this was the be all and end all. This was your life. Without this, it was like death for you. But now, later in time, that same thing which was your life at that time has become a source of embarrassment for you. You don't, you're feeling embarrassed. Why was this given to you? You are actually resenting that why it was given to you. So the lesson that I wanted to give you is that look, when you want to give your heart to something, then think ahead. 
that what am I giving my heart to today? Will it become a source of embarrassment for me tomorrow? Now, for example, a little child, a child, he's a child, and he learns Quran Sharif. He becomes a hafiz of the Quran Sharif. Now, he's a child today. He's learning Quran Sharif. Later in life, that becomes a source of greater honor for him. Cha, mashallah, this is a hafiz of the Quran Sharif. So that what he did in his childhood, future already was being secured with this what he was doing. There was no chance of any embarrassment later. That why you did hives of the Quran. MashaAllah, you did hives at that young age. Alhamdulillah, what a wonderful thing. So a person is thinking ahead, 50 steps ahead. And one is to think ahead in terms of dunya. That 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, tomorrow I would be a mother. Tomorrow I would have children. Tomorrow I would have a family to look after. And would this, if this surfaces, what I did 20 years ago, that time later now, looking 20 years behind, would I be embarrassed about those things that happened? Something somebody saved up on their phone. Now they're forwarding it around. They're circulating it on the WhatsApp because now everybody must know what's happening. So now they're circulating it on the WhatsApp. So now this suddenly has become a source of terrible, terrible grief and a source of great embarrassment. So I should have thought about it 20 years ago. Don't do something that later will become an embarrassment. One is embarrassment in dunya. And even further than that, what I'm doing now, will this become an embarrassment for me on the day of Qiyamah? Because Allah Ta'ala is all-knowing. And on that day, Yawma Tubla Sara'ir, when all the secrets will be exposed. So do I have skeletons? Then I must make amends now. Make sincere tawbah. And give up all those things so that tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah I don't have to face embarrassment when things will be exposed in front of the entire humanity. My parents will be there, my teachers will be there, my friends will be there, my relatives will be there. And as we go on in life, our children will be there, our spouses will be there. So, those secrets now are going to get exposed. Am I ready for that day? Have I made amends? Have I cleared out? And have I made the situation that I don't get back into all those wrongs? So in any case, this was the lesson that don't do something today which will become a source of embarrassment tomorrow. Now the person, one is fine, you requested a toy, a toy is a toy, but now where a person made it a drama now, that will become an embarrassment. One day somebody reminds him, you know how you performed. That's an embarrassment. So therefore, we, were, we digressed from the point of Talab. That now, this is also a lesson of Talab, that just as that child that became his life. So one is a person seeks knowledge, that knowledge must be with talab, there must be genuine desire, there must be genuine thirst for that knowledge. It mustn't be just something, well, by the way, then a person would not get the true benefit of that knowledge. So one of the very essential etiquettes is the talab. But now that talab, the talab makes up, like the person who really was looking desperately for that phone, now somebody has got it in that, gone to that some other place and you have to go and meet someone and then fill in some forms and take evidence and proof that is yours because this is the procedure. So a person does everything. Parents say, do this, 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 then only we'll give it to you, he does everything. So the sincere talab makes a person undertake the procedure correctly. Now we have come to acquire the knowledge of deen. We have come to seek 
that knowledge which takes us to Allah Ta'ala. We have come to seek that knowledge which is a noor from Allah Ta'ala, which settles in the heart. That knowledge which makes us the true servants of Allah Ta'ala in dunya and takes us safely to Jannat. So now that knowledge also has a procedure. To acquire that knowledge, to get to that objective, there is a procedure. And the first part of that procedure is taqwa. Now this talab will take a person towards taqwa. وَاتَّقُوا wa وَيُعَلِّمُكُمُ اللَّهِ Fear Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala will grant you ilm. So this is the first aspect that will then come in the life of the person that now the person will be conducting his or her life in a way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased. And there is no more that situation where a person is saying, is anybody watching? Is my mother seeing? My father seeing? My brothers, sisters, anybody watching? No, nobody is watching. My muallima watching? Any other but nobody. So now do what I want. Now surround on the phone and chat to who I want to. Now start looking at anything and everything. Haram, whatever. Now start listening to anything. Music and whatever else. Why? Because nobody is watching. No, 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 no. The person who has talab for ilm, that person will now adopt taqwa. And that taqwa, the first step of taqwa is the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. That Allah Ta'ala is all aware. Allah Ta'ala is all knowing. Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. So now that the person is acquiring ilm with taqwa, this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala has come, now there isn't this double life that a person leads. There isn't this double life that on one end it appears that a person now is very conscious, very pious, very good, but behind the scenes is something else. Now this also must not be misunderstood. That well, then don't live a double life. Whatever the situation is behind the scenes, carry on the same in public. Just carry on doing anything and everything. No, not living a double life is that in public and in privacy, in all conditions and in all situations, one is obedient to Allah Ta'ala. And yes, we have to become very pious. That is our object, that is our target. We are not. None of us is. The speaker is the first person that this applies to. But that is the target. Why I am saying this is, don't ever be distracted and don't ever be deceived by somebody's comment that you are becoming very pious now. If somebody is saying that, regard it as a dua and say amin to it. That Amin, Allah Ta'ala make me like that. Don't get discouraged by it. That person is taking, it may be his tone is different or is coming out like a sarcastic comment or it is coming out in a, in a negative way. But actually it's a dua for you that you are inshallah becoming very pious. And yes, that is what we, ha- we are trying to do. We are far away from it. <coughs> we are nowhere close to it. But that is what we want to do. We want to become that. So if somebody says you becoming very pious, must say inshallah, amin. Allah ta'ala make me like that. Please keep making dua for me. I need those duas because I am far away from it. I want to get there but. So please keep making dua for me. Unfortunately sometimes shaitan uses this people to make these kind of comments 
and then puts the negative feelings in the heart of the other person, says, well, everybody's calling me like this, so I rather now not become pious. Na'uzubillah. Astaghfirullah. No, we want to be pious. We, that is our aim, that is our goal. So in any case, this lesson of talab we are talking about, that the first thing this talab will bring is this taqwa. If there is genuine talab, then a person now knows this is the procedure to acquire this ilm. The first step is taqwa. Wattaqullah. So now I need to acquire this taqwa. I need to bring this taqwa in my life. And this will come from the pious, from the company of the pious. And the company of the pious is also by means of their literature, the books they have written, or their talks, whether it is on CD, etc. We're sitting and we're listening attentively with adab and talab. That too will bring taqwa in our lives. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu taqullah wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. With the right intention, we are listening to that talk of the akabir, the ahlullah. And with adab and talab, with respect, with that search within us, then inshallah, this too will transfer that nur of taqwa into our hearts. So that is the one thing. And then, together with that, the other part of this talab, which brings us to the, the other part of this procedure of seeking ilm, which talabs bring, talab brings us to. Together with taqwa is the ittiba and the following of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because as we said, ilm, the true ilm is a nur, it's a light that comes from Allah Ta'ala's side. It illuminates the heart. And this light now lights up the way that a person needs to move on. And it shows the clear path. And it helps a person to avoid all the dangers, all the ditches and difficulties. person safely and comfortably can travel through and reach the destination to Jannat. So this is the second, the, the second aspect. Now one is Taqwa. Together with the light of Taqwa, one needs the light of Sunnat in one's life. The light of taqwa and the light of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because every sunnat is nur, every sunnat is light. There was a great personality who passed away some 12, 14 years ago. He came to Durban on many occasions in the last few years of his life. Last 7, 8 years he came almost every year at least once. The personality was by the name of Hazrat Haji Farooq Sahib Rahmatullahi and he used to come and be based in Overport so on one of the occasions while he was here in Durban so he had been ill that day and the next day somebody asked him that uh, how was everything last night you were well you are not well so he now because a person asked him so he said well I had this problem and I had to almost the whole night keep going to the toilet but then having said that but he said Alhamdulillah Thumma Alhamdulillah that this was a challenge now the whole night a person wants to sleep but whatever the ailment is now it's making him run to the toilet every now and again so that is a challenge that is a little bit of inconvenience but now look at his outlook but he's saying, Alhamdulillah. He's so happy about something else. The happiness of that is overshadowing the difficulty of 
sleeping awake and staying awake the whole night and running every now and then not being able to sleep. What is he so happy about? He's saying, Alhamdulillah, that every time before going into the toilet, after coming out from the toilet, and all the other adab and sunnats related to going to the toilet, Allah Ta'ala gave me tawfiq to practice on that. That before going to the toilet, reciting the dua, entering the toilet with the left foot, having one's head covered is among the adab, that one should never enter the toilet beheaded, and all the other sunnats that pertain to a person conducting himself in there, and then leaving with the right foot, and after leaving the toilet, reciting the masnoon dua, so it's alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala gave me the tawfiq of fulfilling all these sunnats every time. So the whole night I had this opportunity and this tawfiq of repeatedly fulfilling these sunnats. Alhamdulillah. What a great ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. He is so overjoyed that normally I would have gone maybe to the toilet once, twice. This time it happened that I had to go over a dozen times, but over a dozen times I had the opportunity of fulfilling these sunnats. Subhanallah. Now he knew the value of this. Allah Ta'ala had blessed him, blessed his heart with that qadr, with that value of sunnat. And as a result, this is something that he's overjoyed about, that over one dozen times I had the opportunity of fulfilling all these sunnats. And he's so happy about it, that that is overshadowing the pain, the difficulty, the inconvenience of the illness. And this is the reality, that when a person gets the true enjoyment of deen, or the, the true realization of what is the worth of each sunnat, what is the worth of deen, gets that muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, that love and that deep, intense attachment to Allah Ta'ala, then that overshadows all the challenges of dunya. And a person is, despite the pain of dunya, his heart is still with Allah Ta'ala in peace, in happiness. And that happiness overshadows all the pain and challenges. So this is the way in which one needs to be focusing towards the inculcating of sunnat in our lives. Because the sunnat is nur. Every sunnat is nur. Every sunnat is light. But the more one practices on it with love and muhabbat of Rasulullah wasallam, And especially in this time and zamana and age when from all directions, there is this, this propaganda that is taking place to try and do things against the honor of Rasulullah against the position of Nabi The kuffar, the mushrikeen are out in so many ways to try and do things against the Mubarak personality of Rasulullah Though all their efforts are doomed to failure before it started. Because Allah's Nabi is not dependent on anybody else protecting his honor. Allah Ta'ala has protected his honor. Allah Ta'ala has given him that elevated state. And nobody and whatever they may try can bring one dot of blemish to it. But in this time and age when everybody else is, the propaganda that is carrying on and whatever else is happening, Allah Ta'ala protect us. But this is a time now to become closer to Rasulullah and stand among those who are supporting him. How? By living his way of life. By inculcating his sunnat. One one sunnat. 
We should be taking the Sunnah Kitabs and Alhamdulillah in the Madrasa is part of the subjects that we t- learn is Sunnah as well. So to take this very seriously, to take this as something that is every Sunnah that is being taught to us is like a person who has given a priceless jewel. <clears throat> How he look after it? How he protect it? A priceless jewel. And now when there is a occasion to wear it, a person wears it with well, we shouldn't be proud, but a person is very, very eager to weigh it, and unfortunately will go about showing off with it. More valuable than that priceless jewel is one sunnat of how to even enter the toilet correctly. That is beyond this whole world in what it contains. So now to take it with that passion, to learn every sunnat with that enthusiasm, to practice on it with that same passion, and to feel that happiness when we have practiced a sunnah. Alhamdulillah. Allah ta'ala's tawfiq. And we remember we forgot it. To then be feeling a sense of loss. That why did I forget it? One person entered the masjid by mistake with the left foot. He came running out. He said, Astaghfirullah. La hawla wa la illa billah. Why did I do this like this? Such a terrible thing. I entered the masjid with the left foot. And then he went and entered again correctly. Now when a person does this, we forgot to do something in the sunnah manner. Go and redo it correctly. Go and redo it. Now once, twice, you get a redo. You know, in class also sometimes you get a redo once, twice. The third time you make sure you get it right. So we give ourselves this redo to Now a person uh, drank water, but drank it in the wrong way. Didn't read Bismillah, didn't hold the cup with the right hand, didn't drink in three sips. Now we don't need to drink water again now, we just drank water. And now after drinking it, now we realize that, hey, I did the wrong thing. I didn't read the dua, I didn't read Bismillah, I didn't drink water in the correct manner, with the sunnah manner. Now take another quarter glass and go and re-drink the water, so to say. Already what you drank is gone, but re-drink it now in the sunnah manner. Give yourself a redo. The person left the toilet with the, right, uh, with the left foot, now it's already two minutes later you realize this, remembered it. So just go and enter the toilet again with the left foot and then leave again with the right foot. But when a person will give oneself these redos a few times, then this consciousness will develop and then this will slowly become natural. But each time a person is getting the tawfiq of fulfilling one sunnah, that sunnah is val- more valuable than this whole world and what it contains. The beautiful poem of our Hazrat Wala Rahmatullah Ali Naqshe Qadam Nabi ki hai Jannat ke raaste Allah se milate hai Sunnat ke raaste Hazrat Mawa Shah Hakim Mood Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah Ali This is his world famous poem Every way in the world this poem is there That Naqshe Qadam Nabi ki hai Jannat ke raaste That the footsteps of Rasulullah Sallallahu Following in his footsteps will take one to Jannat And Allah se milate hai Sunnat ke raaste To link yourself to Allah Ta'ala you will get linked up by means of following the path of sunnat. So this is where we want to get to. We want to get to Allah Ta'ala. We want to get safely to Jannat. There is only one way, and that is via the sunnah of Rasulullah following in his footsteps. And this starts off with every day-to-day thing. Then come the bigger things in time. So the daily things, eating, fulfilling all the sunnats of eating, maybe just now might be the break for Eating, now when we are going to eat, are we going to be fulfilling all the sunnats? We will hear the azan just now. 
maybe Zohar time. That time the sunnahs of replying to the azan, etc. So to do all these things with that fervor, with that enthusiasm, and then see what a, what a difference it brings to our hearts, what a change it makes in our lives, what peace and tranquility it brings, what enjoyment it brings to life itself. So to learn the sunnahs and to practice upon the sunnahs, to teach the sunnahs to others, to remind our fellow students to teach those at home, this is a sunnah I've learned. Every day we teach somebody one sunnah. Imagine how happy Rasulullah will get with us. And the day of Qiyamah, how happy he will be to receive us. And with what love he will grant us that water of kawsar from his Mubarak hand. And he will then intercede on our behalf to go to Jannat. So we want to get that. Let us practice on the sunnah ourselves as well. Remind others, teach one sunnah daily to those at home. This is a sunnah I learned. We all should try and practice upon it. And inshallah we will see what a great difference this will bring to us and bring to our homes. The barakat it will bring, the peace, the happiness and all the good that will come out of the ittiba of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So what we spoke about was that there are two things essential for acquiring knowledge of deen. Adab and talab. Among other things, these are two very essential aspects. Inshallah we will discuss adab in more detail some, on some other occasion, but the aspect of talab is what we spoke about today, and that talab is to seek something with deep thirst, like a very thirsty person on a hot day needs water. So that thirst for knowledge of deen, because that is what will take a person forward. And that talab, if it's there genuinely, sincerely, then the talab will now make a person follow the procedure that is required to acquire the object. And part of this procedure, the first step of this procedure is taqwa. That acquiring this knowledge with the fear of Allah wa ta'ala. And together with that is the ittiba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Allah ta'ala says, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ That say, if you love Allah, then you can only get there in one way. فَاتَّبِعُونِي Nabi Salaam is being told to make this announcement. That follow me. And if you follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what will be the result of this? Allah. Allah will love you. If we follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah ta'ala will love us. Because we are doing something in the way of His beloved. So we too will become His beloveds. Subhanallah, what a great thing. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me also the tawfiq and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين